And now for our first segment, we turn to the State of the State, which took place on Tuesday, January 9th, 2024. Governor Hochul delivered her annual address in which she lays out her priorities for the coming year with a positive outlook that evokes applause. The bad news, the hard numbers, they tend to come out in the state budget, which this year will be on January 16th. And we're now joined by Mark Dunley to help us digest this year's state of the state. Mark, what were some of the highlights of Governor Hochul's speech? Well, uh, Sina, it was a a fairly subdued speech. Uh, The biggest applause came when she introduced the various legislative leaders. Uh, There weren't really uh, any new initiatives which brought the House down. And on the issues where lawmakers politely applied it, um, they were going to hold off uh, the, until they saw the actual details. Uh, she did have a, a focus on crime and on, on the mental health system. She did mention uh, climate and affordable housing. Um, in the week prior to this uh, speech, she had uh, laid out um, proposals to increase paid medical leave benefits and eliminate uh, co-pays for insulin. Um, she, however, in this speech, largely ignored how to solve the multi-billion dollar state budget deficit, though she has made it clear that tax hikes, especially taxes for the rich, is off the table. Uh, There was very little on poverty, hunger, or welfare, uh, though she did mention the need to address wage theft. Uh, The migrant issue got less intention uh, than I think most of us expected, though she did indicate she would deal with it in next week's uh, state budget. She did unveil a plan to help immigrant entrepreneurs to secure visas and start businesses here, especially those who earn graduate degrees in New York. Um, She, however, did not push for any immigrant reform measures like uh, um, legal assistance in um, immigration cases. A major issue in her gubernatorial race was crime, particularly the issue of uh, repealing bail, which they blame for her low margin of victory in the heavily Democratic state. So major crime, however, actually remains fairly low in the state. So how did this come up in the state of the state? Well, what she focused on was on this perceived major increase in shoplifting, particularly at small retail outlets which has definitely become a national media focus. Um, Though the data kind of shows otherwise, and this has often been true throughout our history, that at moments of political unrest, shoplifting becomes a big national issue. Um, She wants increased penalties for repeat offenders. Uh, She wants to crack down on those involved and help them to resell any stolen goods. Uh, She did avoid the bill issue, but she also avoided uh, support in any criminal justice reform, like one of my favorites, uh, parole for many elderly prisoners. Um, she stressed public safety, saying that people feel nervous in places like Subway or worry about their children on the streets. Um, she linked this to the need for more mental health services, uh, certainly something that's long been needed. Uh, she pled to revolutionize the mental health treatment system, uh, proposing to add 200 new inpatient psychiatric beds and better equip law enforcement to handle people with mental health problems. She also did call for additional resources to address what she calls hate crimes, uh, as well as to reduce uh, the dismissal race and domestic violence cases. But uh, her idea of hate crimes focused on anti-Semitism and not other victims, at least in her speech. Affordable housing was her big priority last year, and it largely went nowhere. So how was it addressed this year? 
Well, she did raise it, but she seemed like she wasn't, you know, pushing quite as hard given her defeat last year. Um, you know, last year they legislators balked at overriding zoning regulations in many suburban communities in order to, you know, allow for more affordable housing. Affordable housing. Um, so she's proposing a $500 million fund to construct housing on state-owned land and reestablish a program that previously gave developers breaks to create so-called affordable housing and buildings in New York City, like my so-called luxury condo that technically is in Bed-Stuy, why you need to pay to build condos in um, Brooklyn's beyond me. Um, she's also pushing for certain statewide funding programs required that local governments, uh, you know, prioritize housing growth. Um, but, you know, she avoided key issues, you know, on tenant reform, such as support for the good cause eviction law, which Albany had passed, uh, but the courts have basically um, struck down so far, though the Court of Appeals is expected to take it up. Um, Mark, I know that you and many other climate activists have been pushing for her to do more on climate, especially as we have been hearing more and more that last year um, was reached the 1.5 target. Um, so what was her climate agenda? Or it was rapid, we're close to that 1.5. So what is her climate agenda? Well, one comment that a lot of activists made was despite all the extreme weather in 2023, um, both in New York and throughout the United States and the planet, she largely avoided the uh, climate crisis in her speech. So there's a bit more in the, you know, the written document that goes along. Uh, certainly no sense she was dealing with the climate emergency. The big climate news, which was a bit of a surprise, was that she announced support for several parts of what's known as the New York Heat, Heat Act, which is designed to make sure that existing policies by state agencies are changed to come into alignment with the goals of the new CLCPA. Many people know that the big one is the so-called 100-foot rule, which basically provides a massive subsidy for fossil fuels by providing new gas hookups are free, you know, for gas pipelines if it's in 100 feet of an existing line. The one part of the heat actually did not announce support was to cap utility bills at 6% of low-income um, residents for low and moderate income uh, households, 6% of income. Uh, though she did say she wanted to support a look at other ways to lower energy bills. Um, her big initiative, which she started last year, and frankly, unfortunately, probably has a few more years before it actually comes into being, is to impose carbon pricing on the use of fossil fuels, um, commonly known as cap and trade. Uh, the state's climate law, which was passed four and a half years ago now, did set a deadline of the beginning of this year to develop a plan on how to reduce greenhouse gas emission. Um, that's what this carbon pricing is supposed to do. She did not make that deadline, which the media actually seems more concerned about than some of the climate activists. She did release what's called a pre-proposal um, last month, but that basically means it's likely another six months or longer before final regulations are adopted. Um, there weren't any other big climate announcements, though she did announce a number of smaller initiatives um, that are not game changers, but are still important uh, in the move to a clean energy future wants to help people voluntarily sell their coastal houses, which seems a bit of a bailout for the more affluent, wants to plant millions of trees, though that's less than what's called for in the state climate action plan, help 
people with health problems, low-income people get air conditioners. Probably one of the things our friends over at the Radix Center want to do is um, a, a lot of greening of cities, um, more trees and, and things of that um, nature. Not a lot, a lot on the environment. So something that was uh, unprecedented today that, t- or that took place on this Tuesday with the state of the state was that there was a virtual lockdown. So the public was not able to come um, to the Capitol. So, um, and what was this all about? Well, that's a good question. I think the media is also interested in the answer to that question. Uh, one of the things I noted was that uh, they also restricted access for the media, like say independent media, like, this news program, and even those who commonly work at the Capitol for the media had to reapply today to get access. So that was pretty strange. Um, clearly, she did not want protesters there, um, which is tra- traditional, especially in the last 10 years, uh, started particularly with the fight over fracking. So why this year she felt she needed to get rid of protesters, a little bit unclear. They still appeared, some of the fossil fuel activists, some of the people with... Um, uh, helping people, uh, s- safety on uh, drug issues. Um, uh, my suspicion is that she was really worried about uh, pro-Palestinian um, protesters, which quite mad at her for her unbridled support for um, for Israel. There was a very large demonstration, which we're about to hear about, in Kingston on Friday, Congressman Ryan's office, and perhaps she was concerned that she would be a target, but... I hope somebody sues, personally, um, because this was a big crackdown on the First Amendment. Mark Dunley, we appreciate your uh, policy reporting and climate activism, and thank you for joining us to give us a a wrap-up of the State of the State.